Romans 8 and verse 14, and it says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. In verse 15, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. In verse 16, The Spirit himself bears witness, notice, with our spirit, that we are the children of God. Verse 17, And if children, then heirs, and heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. But a key verse tonight I want us to focus on as we're getting started this kind of introduction tonight is verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness, notice, with our spirit that we are the children of God. Can I get amen tonight? Let's look over at John 10. John 10. John 10, and we're going to start reading in verse 1. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. This is Jesus speaking. Verse 3, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. Notice that the sheep hear his voice, and he calls him his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. Notice, for they know his voice. You guys are already 55% too quiet tonight already. Let me read that one more time. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, which he's alluding to you as a follower of Jesus. You are his sheep, and he is the shepherd. Notice, for they know his voice. In verse 5, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. Let's look over at John 10 and verse 27. It says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Simplicity. Notice that. My sheep hear my voice. This is Jesus speaking to us as his followers. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You guys ready tonight for the word of God? You sure? If you're taking notes tonight, the title of my message is, Can You Hear Me Now? Everybody say, Can You Hear Me Now? Put a fake cell phone up to your ear and say, can you hear me now? <laughs> can you hear me now? Let's look back over at Romans 8. Actually, let's go to uh, Proverbs. My bad, Proverbs 20. So many good verses we're going to get into tonight. Proverbs 20. Proverbs 20, and we're going to park there. Proverbs 20. And we're going to park in Proverbs 20 and uh, just some introduction. Tonight, 
Like I said, the title of my message is, Can You Hear Me Now? And tonight we're going to be talking about hearing God's voice. <laughs> hearing God's voice. Has anyone ever seen that? I think it's a Verizon commercial with a guy with the glasses, and he says, Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? And he's, he's like on an ocean front, and he's, he's at the beach, and he says, Can you hear me now? And then the next shot, he's on like the Eiffel Tower, and he says, Can you hear me now? And the next thing, he's in another country, and he says, Can you hear me now? And the whole commercial is about the importance of reception or the importance of a good signal that you can hear the other person on the line. And so the commercial, we've all seen it. And I'm pretty sure it's Verizon. And Verizon uh, did that commercial to prove that they are the most, I don't know if it's true because I don't use Verizon, but they are the, uh, the phone company that has the best signal or the best service that you can hear the person on the other line. How many Verizon people do we have in the house of God? Is it true that they have some of the best service? How many AT&T people we got in the house? AT&T? We got any T-Mobile? We got any Cricket? Please give me a Cricket in here. Are you serious? Because you know Cricket, right, is like Cricket has like free service in Louisville and like a couple counties in Florida, and that's like the only place it works in the entire nation. And they're like, yeah, we got free service. Okay, it only works in like one or two counties in the entire world. So it really doesn't matter that you have cricket. But Verizon, the commercial, it made them very popular because the commercial was so catchy because everybody wants good service. Everybody wants to be able to hear the other person on the other line and have a good signal. So that, that commercial has blown up. Like I said, when I said, can you hear me now, we all probably thought of that commercial at the very beginning of the service. And you know, the thing is that... When we think about hearing from God, it's not that God is not speaking, it's that we're not listening. Y'all go be here tonight. Please be here with me tonight. Because we're going to say some things tonight. We're not going to go super long tonight, but we're going to say some things tonight that are really going to help you out as a young person, a young adult in this world who loves Jesus. And it's very important that you hear from God. And so we're going to talk about that tonight because it's been so misunderstood about hearing from God and hearing God's voice, and people don't know how to hear, and people say it's hard to hear God's voice. I don't get it. And so we're going to give you some very practical steps tonight, some very easy steps on how you can hear God's voice. Does that sound good to you tonight? So like I said, can you hear me now is what we're speaking on tonight. So like I said, it's not that God is not speaking to all of us. God is always speaking. It's just that we are not listening. And let me say this, because it's not always not necessary that we aren't listening on purpose, because some people are just straight not listening on purpose. Like they know what God is saying, they're just tuning him out because they don't want to hear what he's having to say. But for most of us, I don't think that's the case. I think that we want to hear from God, but we're just not putting ourselves in the right position to hear from God. <laughs> just like with your cell phone reception, you're not putting yourself in the right position where you get a good signal. Are y'all picking up, picking up what I'm laying down so far? And the thing is, like I said, it's not that we're not wanting to listen, but we don't put ourselves in the position to actually hear what God is saying. And I don't know about you, but I always say when I have phone trouble, phone service trouble, signal trouble, I always blame it on the other person. <laughs> How many of you blame it on the other person every time? And it usually happens between me and Bruce on the phone. 
every time I talk to Bruce, it cuts out like 15 to 20 times. It's just like, sorry, my bad. It's my signal problem. I realize it couldn't be your phone, T-Mobile. It has to be AT&T. I realize that. No, but I'm one of those people. I always say, no, it's your phone. Your phone is jacked up. It's not my phone's problem because AT&T is the best service, and I have an iPhone 5, and your phone is crummy. So it's not my phone's problem. It's your phone's problem. But how many know it's never on God's side? It's on our side. So if somebody needs to move to get the right signal, it's not God, it's us. I'm preaching already, and we barely even got started in this message. So if somebody needs to move to hear the right signal, it's not God, it's us. That we need to move into a position that we can get the right signal from God. Like I said, it's not that he's not talking, but we're not putting ourselves in the right position to hear what he has to say. I'm getting blessed already. You know, here's something you need to think about. People say this all the time, and and you probably heard it, and maybe some of you said it. It's hard to hear from God. Okay, first of all, by you saying that, you're defeating yourself because you're confessing that, so that's what's happening in your life. If you keep saying it's hard to hear from God, guess what? The enemy is going to make it hard to hear from God. But it's not that it's hard to hear from God. It's that we're not putting our position in a self in a, in a position to hear from God. And you know, the thing about it's not hard to hear from God. And I and I was thinking about this earlier. It's not that it's hard to hear from God, but it takes practice, and it takes you learning and spending some time with God to actually learn how to hear from God. So. So get that out of your vocabulary as a young person that it's hard to hear from God because it's not hard to hear from God, but it does take practice and it does take you learning to hear his voice and know his voice. And here's, here's a good example of this. With music, and Pastor Nancy's used this example before, with music, if you learn an instrument when it's out of tune, that your ear is, uh, for example, if your ear is tuned to that, then when somebody actually tunes your instrument and plays it, you're thinking that they're playing the wrong thing because you've trained your ear to hear the wrong wrong notes and wrong key. Same thing with God. Majority of us have been hearing the wrong voices for so many years. We've trained our ear to hearing the wrong things. And guess what? It's going to take some learning It's going to take some effort. It's going to take us learning and trying to hear from God instead of hearing from those other voices because we had to learn to hear that voice. We're going to have to learn how to hear God's voice. You guys get anything so far? And notice our ear, since we've been listening to the wrong voices the majority of our lives, (laughs) it takes some training and takes some learning to start listening to the right voice and making sure it's the right voice. And the Word of God says, and we're not going to turn there, but in the New Testament, it says there's many voices, none without significance. Meaning, there's a lot of voices speaking to you other than God on an ongoing basis. How many know that? Your friends are speaking to you. Your parents are speaking to you. Your family's speaking to you. The enemy's speaking to you. The world's speaking to you. Your flesh is speaking to you. Your mind, your will, and emotions is speaking to you. So you need to figure out what is God and what is not God. And so it's not hard, but it does take some learning and some training of your ear to hear the right voice. And let's look over at Proverbs 20 and 27. 
it says, The spirit of the man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. The spirit of man, notice, is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart, or his spirit. And I love what it says in the, in the literal King James Version. And if Bishop was here, he would love this. It says, <laughs> searching all the inner depths of his belly. See, a bishop was here. He would love to hear that, that verse right there. Searching all the inner depths of his belly. But he's meaning not your physical belly, stomach, inner man. He's talking about your spirit man on the inside of you. Y'all still here? How many know tonight you are a spirit, you have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and emotions, and you live in a body. But the real you is a spirit. The real you is a spirit. And the word of God says that God is a spirit. So guess what? If you're a spirit and God's a spirit, guess what he's going to speak to? Your spirit. And so many people try to hear from God with their emotions, with their feelings, with their mind. And how many know we do feel God's presence and it does come on our emotions, but that's not how God speaks to us. We do feel God's presence on our body, but that's not how God speaks to us. God speaks to our spirit. Because how many know the enemy can make your body and your emotions feel something, and it might not necessarily be God, if you're basing it off of your feelings. Well, I just feel like this is what I should do. Well, that's not the real you anyways. you got to check your spirit, because your feelings is your body and your soul. You're getting some help tonight if you're listening. So realize your spirit, you can write this down, your spirit is God's contact point. Your spirit is God's contact point. That means, like I said, God is a spirit and you're a spirit. So if he's going to contact you or speak to you, he's going to do it in your spirit, which that's the real you. And how many know that because you are born again, because you are saved, you have a reborn spirit, a new spirit, and you have the ability to hear from God? You know, if you were unsaved tonight, your ability to hear from God is um, hindered. Not that you can't hear from God, but you, if you don't have a, your spirit reborn by the power of the Holy Spirit, your spirit is not listening to God's voice on a regular basis. And so, all of you tonight that are born again, you're saved, same thing. You have Jesus living on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you. You can hear from God. You can hear from God. You have no excuse. The Holy Spirit lives in you, and he's speaking to you. Let's look over at Romans 8. Romans 8. I'm having a good time so far. You guys are blessing me tonight. Romans 8. Romans 8 and verse... 14. You there? It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Notice, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, or hear God's voice, these are the sons of God. And really, in the original Greek, it doesn't mean that like you were one time led by God. It means that you are continually led by by God on an ongoing basis. And how many know God doesn't want to just lead you to salvation? He wants to lead you the rest of your life. 
And many Christians stop hearing from God after they get saved. But God wants to be involved in every part of your life, the rest of your life, and he's speaking to you about your life if you'd only get in the right position to listen. Because he wants to continually lead you the rest of your life. I'm going to say something, and some of you might not believe what I'm going to say, but all of us in here that are born again, we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Okay, realize this. The Holy Spirit knows everything about everything because the Holy Spirit is God. And if the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, guess what? All of us have the potential to never make another mistake. Do you know that? I'm not saying you're going to do that, but all of us in here have the potential to never make another mistake because the Holy Spirit, who knows all things, lives on the inside of us and is speaking to us. How many know every time you've ever made a mistake is because you didn't talk to the Holy Spirit about it ahead of time? Can we all say amen on that one? Or you did talk to the Holy Spirit, you just didn't do what the Holy Spirit said. So we have the potential as believers to never make another mistake, never make another wrong decision. Why? Because we can be continually led by the Holy Spirit who knows all things. That's encouraging tonight. So listen to this. The Holy Spirit gently leads you, but the enemy will push you. Okay, that's the difference. If you feel like you're being pushed or forced to do anything, it's not the Holy Ghost. That's for the Pentecostal people in there, the Holy Ghost. Non-Pentecostals don't like the word Holy Ghost. They like Holy Spirit. Very proper, Holy Spirit. But for the Pentecostals in here, the Holy Ghost. Notice, if you feel like you're being pushed or forced into something, that's the enemy, not the Holy Spirit. Because why? The Holy Spirit will lead you. Will lead you. Not push you, lead you. So if you feel like you're being pushed to do something, it's not God. (laughs) Check your heart. It's not God. Because the Holy Spirit will lead you. Why? Because he's a gentleman. And how many know he can't lead you unless you let him lead you? He's not going to force you to do something you don't want to do. The Holy Spirit desires to lead all of us in here. He desires to to lead all the believers in the whole entire world, but a lot of believers won't let him lead. They still want to be in charge of their life. And how many know you're not a good leader of your own life? Some of you don't agree with me, but it's true. How many know you're not a good leader of your own life? The Holy Spirit is a good leader of your life. That's why he wants to lead you. Why? So you never make another mistake the rest of your life. Because he knows everything. How many know that would be smart on your, your part? I realize some of you are young in here and you think you know everything, which you don't. But think about this. You don't know everything and the Holy Spirit does know everything. Why would you want to lead instead of let him lead? doesn't make sense to me. I'm just, I'm just thinking through this. I mean, I'm not a rocket scientist here, but I realize if he knows everything and I don't, why don't I follow what he has to say and not what I think? <laughs> the better your life will go when you live like that. And, and we've mentioned this before, and this is my favorite bumper sticker of all time. <laughs> Jesus is my co-pilot. <laughs> if he's riding shotgun, y'all need to switch seats. Because you're not a good driver of your own life. You're not a good leader of your own life. You need to let him lead. You need to let him lead. Can I get an amen in the house of God? 
Some of you are still thinking about what I said there. You still want to lead your life. Realize he knows everything and you don't. So let him lead. Notice he's not going to force you. He's not going to push you into anything. You're going to have to let him lead. The Christian life is not about how good you can lead. It's about how good you can follow. That's why a lot of people don't get the Christian life because they got pride issues. <laughs> they don't want anybody to lead them, and they don't want to be a follower of anybody, but that's not the way the Christian life is. <laughs> Some of you in here don't want anybody telling you what to do. That's a wrong attitude. Because the Christian life is not about how good you can lead, it's about how good you can follow. <laughs> why? Because he knows more than you. And he knows everything. So it would be smart on your behalf to follow his leading. And realize, like I said earlier, that deals with all of our pride in our lives. Everybody in here, if you've got any sort of pride issue, that hits you. Because you've got to admit that you're not perfect. You've got to admit that you make mistakes. You've got to admit that you don't know it all to be humble enough to follow what the Spirit of God says. It takes humility. That's why a lot of people are not living a life continually led by the Spirit. Why? Because they have pride in their life, and they still want to be in control. How many know Jesus said he came to be your Savior and your Lord? People love the Savior part. They just don't like the Lord part. <laughs> Jesus, I want you to save me. I just don't want you to tell me what to do. That's what they're saying. Is that not true in the house of God? That's why people are saved and they do whatever the heck they want with their life. Why? Because they receive Jesus as Savior, not as Lord. But how many know to live a successful Christian life, you need to accept Him as Savior and Lord. Why? Because He does a lot better job leading your life. Are you getting anything tonight so far? <laughs> so, three things. Three things tonight. These are the three ways, three predominant ways that God speaks to you. These are the three predominant ways God speaks to you. Let's first look over at John 14. John 14. You guys get anything so far? So these are the three predominant ways that God will speak to you. And don't put this in a, like a box that God can't do anything outside of this. But these are the three predominant ways spoken about in the Word of God, which is our source of truth. So these are the three predominant ways that God will speak to you. You guys ready for the three? Number one, super practical. The number one way God will speak to you is through His Word. The Bible sitting on your lap is the number one way that God will speak to you. And the thing about this is there's so many people, especially young people, I want to hear God's voice. I want God to speak to me. I want to experience God. It's sitting in your room on your shelf. You just don't open it. Let me hear God's voice. You're just looking for an audible voice in the clouds, the clouds moving. You know, you want to see a big sign in heaven that says do this, this, and this. But actually he gave you a book to read. And he's speaking to you. <laughs> so for the rest of your life, if you want to hear God speak, open your Bible. Because he's speaking to you. 
Because that's the predominant way that God has set it out that you will hear his voice is this book, this Bible, 66 books written by 40 different authors. This book is God speaking to you today. Say, I want to hear God's voice. Open your Bible. It's that easy. A lot of people overlook it. They're just like, "I I don't get it. You know, I want God to speak to me. No, you want God to do something spectacular and out of the norm and yell at you from heaven with a megaphone so you really get it. No, he gave you a book called the Bible, and he's speaking to you. A couple of Baptist amens and a couple of grunts. <laughs> the Word of God is the primary way, the number one way that God will speak to you. Say, I want to hear God's voice. <laughs> I didn't mean to say it, but it won't hurt that you said it. You want to hear God's voice? Open the Bible. That's the predominant way. And notice in John, in John 14, or actually John 16. In John 16 and verse 13, Jesus is speaking about the Holy Spirit. It says, however, when the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Verse 14, he will glorify me, and he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All the things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, he will take what is mine, notice what is mine, which is the word, and declare it unto you. Let's look back over at John 14 and verse 26. Jesus speaking again about the Holy Spirit, which the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. And notice, bring to your remembrance all the things that I have said to you. So realize, like we said, the Word of God is the number one way God is speaking to you. The Word of God is always speaking. Now, In Hebrews 4, we're not going to turn there. It says the Word of God is living and it's active. It's alive. The reason that the Word of God is still speaking to us today is it wasn't just written by man. How can something that was written thousands and thousands of years ago still speak to us today in 2013? Because it was inspired and breathed out by God himself. This book is not dead. It's alive. And it's the only book on the planet that is still alive. That's why it's powerful and it can still speak to you even though it was written thousands of years ago because the Word of God is living and it's active and it's alive. And how many know the same Holy Spirit that wrote and inspired the Word of God now lives on the inside of you? That's why when you read the Word of God and something stands out to you, that is God speaking to you. I love this. A.W. Tozer said, The Bible is not once spoken, but it's a book now speaking. The Bible is not a book once spoken, but it's a book now speaking. The Bible is always speaking to us. Are we listening? Let me give an example of this. Like I said, okay, the Holy Spirit inspired the Bible, which we're reading, and guess what? The Holy Spirit lives in us. So if we're going to understand the Word of God, how many know the Holy Spirit good thing we have him, lives on the inside of us, is the only one who can really explain it to us or give us revelation of what it means. You still here? So here's an example. When you're reading the Bible and 
a scripture seems like it just jumps off the page at you and it stands out to you. That is God speaking to you. You need to follow that. If you're reading through the Bible and, and there's just a scripture that comes alive to you and you're just like, man, that's awesome. I need to study this out. I need to think about this verse. This is the verse I needed for today. Guess what it is? Because that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you through the word of God. You know, when a passage of scripture stands out to you, don't just treat it lightly like, man, you know, that was a good verse. You know, I, I just really appreciate that today. No, usually it's because you need to go study out that verse and meditate on it more because God wants to speak to you through his word. Has anyone had that experience when you're reading the Bible and something just stands out to you? And you don't even know why, why, why it stands out to you. Sometimes it's a, it's a really random verse and you're just like, why is this important to me today? It's God trying to speak to you through his word. Let's look over at Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6. You guys get anything so far? So realize, real practical, the primary way God will speak to you is through his word. Here's another thing. The, the scripture we just read about the Holy Spirit bringing all things to your remembrance. How many know if you don't have any word in you, there's nothing for him to bring into remembrance? That's just a little side note there. <laughs> You're saying, well, God, bring it to my remembrance. Well, you don't got any word in you for the Holy Spirit to bring up in you. <laughs> How many know you got to put the word of God in you so when you need it, the Holy Spirit will bring up the right words or the right revelation you need for that situation? Proverbs 6.20 Proverbs 6.20 And here's, here's a verse that you can confess and think about, meditate about the word of God. Notice it says, My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. He's talking about the word here. Bind them continually upon your heart. Tie them around your neck. And verse 22, this is a key verse. Verse 22 This is speaking about the word of God in your life. Notice, if you keep putting the Word of God in you, this is what it will do. When you roam, they will lead you, the words of God. When you sleep, they will keep you. Notice this, and when you awake, they will speak with you. That's what God's Word does when we put it into our life. Notice, when you roam or when you walk around, they will lead you. When you sleep, they will keep you. And notice, and when you awake, they will speak with you. That is a, a verse that you need to confess over your life. If you say, I'm, I'm having trouble understanding the Word of God, I'm not really getting much out of my Bible, start confessing this verse over your life because the Word of God says, when you awake, they will speak with you. What is it talking about? The Word of God, the words from God, they will speak with you. And notice verse 23, for the commandment or the Word is a lamp and the law a light and the reproofs of instruction are the way of life. So notice the primary way that God will speak to you is through his word. Amen? Number two. The number two way that God will speak to you is through the inward witness. Let's look over at Romans 8. You guys get anything so far? I'm not throwing it over your head, am I? You understand what I'm saying? Real practical. The number one way God will speak to you is through the word of God. 
And that's why I, I tell you guys so many times, get a translation that you actually can understand and comprehend so God can speak to you a lot easier than the King James Version. I mean, he can bring a rhema nugget from the King James Version. And you know you really filled with the Holy Ghost if you can understand the King James Version. But you need to get you a good translation that you can actually understand so God can reveal it to you. So number two, the way that God will lead you or speak to you is through the inward witness. Romans 8, in verse 16, it says, The Spirit, that's speaking of the Holy Spirit himself, bears witness, notice, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. How many in here are children of God? Who told you that? Who told you that? Who told you that? I didn't make anybody raise their hand. When we said that, what did you feel on the inside? You felt yes. If you weren't the child of God, you're, you wouldn't have felt anything. You would have thought, well, that's not me. Just by then, you just were led by the inward witness. You didn't even realize you were. Because when I ask you, are you a children of God? What Your spirit bore witness that you are his child, didn't it? And you heard a big yes on your insides. You didn't, you didn't hear an audible voice, did you? But you know on the inside you felt, yes, I am a child of God. What is that? That's the inward witness. A lot of us overlook that, but you were just led by your inward witness. All of you in here that just raised your hand. Nobody forced you to raise your hand. In Romans 8.16, notice it says, The Spirit himself, that's the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And notice that's not the only thing that the Holy Spirit bears witness to. The Holy Spirit will bear witness to other decisions and other things that are involved in our lives, not just salvation. Now let's look over at Philippians. Philippians 4. Well, I'm excited about it. I don't know if you are tonight. Philippians 4. Philippians 4 and verse 7. It says, In the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Notice, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Let's look over at Colossians. Colossians 3. It doesn't hurt you to get in your Bible. It will help you. Colossians 3. You notice it says, in Colossians 3, 15, it says, And let the peace of God, once again, the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. But notice it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Now, we said number one, God will lead you or speak to you through his word. Number two, by the inward witness. Now, the way he speaks to you through the inward witness is the peace of God. Now, when I just said, are you children of God? You had peace about it. That's why you raised your hand. 
if you didn't have peace about it, you wouldn't have raised your hand. And the Word of God says here, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And actually, the original says, let it be your umpire. <laughs> let the peace of God be your umpire. So meaning, every decision you make in life, check on the inside, the inward witness with the Spirit of God. And if you don't have peace about it, don't do it. It says, let the peace of God rule or be an umpire in your heart. What does an umpire do? Say, it says in or it says out. That's all it says. So when you have a decision to make, the Spirit of God is going to say in or it's going to say out. <laughs> How many know if, it, if, if the peace of God is there, that means a yes. That means you're in. But if it's not there, if you don't feel peace about it, don't do it. Because the Spirit of God is leading you and saying, this is not the direction you need to go. So the inward witness is predominantly the peace of God in your heart. Do you have peace about the decision you're about to make? Because if you don't, that's the inward witness trying to speak to you. Now, are you still here? Did I throw this over your head? Can we teach tonight? The inward witness, it speaks to you through the peace of God. It rules or it plays umpire with your decisions in your life. And notice it says in or it says out. You either have peace or you're irritated about the decision. How many know if you're upset, you're anxious, you're frustrated about the decision you're about to make, that's God speaking to you, don't do it. Okay? Doesn't mean override that feeling and go ahead and do it. No. It means stop. But if you have peace about it, it means go. And so, I heard, I heard an old preacher say this one, one time, a long time ago, because, I mean, a lot of us, we've been in church circles a while, and I've heard so many people say, God told me. God didn't tell you. You just wanted to get out of jail free pass, so you said God told you. Because if you tell somebody God told you, nobody's going to confront you about it and say, God didn't tell you. Majority of time. Even though they think it. Even our pastor, when you tell him that God told you, even though he thinks that you're full of it, majority of the time he won't say anything. Why? Because if you say God's told you, who's he to speak against God? <laughs> so I'd like to say to all of us in here, be very careful if you ever tell somebody, God told me to do this. Because I've heard a lot of people say that, and then they fail at the decision they're about to make. <laughs> so God didn't tell them that. They just wanted... Nobody to tell them anything opposite of what they wanted to do. So they said, God told me to. <laughs> Y'all still here, because some of you pulled that, including myself. God told me to do this, and it didn't work out. And then you're like, okay, God didn't tell me to do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. But how many know, there's been so many Christians that have told people, God told me, and it didn't work out. And guess who looks dumb? God, who didn't tell them in the first place. And, and people, no wonder they don't want to be believers, because they say, well, God told them, and they just turned out to be a failure, so why would I want to follow a God like that? So be very careful if you say God told you. And I say this also, because we talk about the inward witness is the peace of God ruling in your heart. I've heard a lot of people say, I have peace about the situation, and it doesn't turn out right. And that's another kind of get-out-of-jail-free pass with believers. Well, what do you feel about the decision? Well, I have peace about it, Pastor. I have peace about this. And it doesn't turn out right. Well, you got to make sure, if the, is that your spirit talking to you, or is that just your feelings talking to you? There's a difference. 
And like I said earlier, it's not hard to hear from God, but you've got to learn what's your feelings and what's your spirit. Because there's a difference. Because a lot of people have wanted to do something or thought it was a good idea, not a God idea, a good idea, and they said, well, I got peace about it, and nobody confronted them about it, and then they failed in what they did. So be very careful if you say those things and make sure it's God. This is what an old preacher said one time. He said, it's better to wait and know, have peace about it, than guess and go. Nothing. None of you guys wrote any of that down. Y'all need that, every one of you on the front row there, especially as young men. You you thought that was just a cute nursery rhyme, but that actually is a good example and a good motto to live your life by. It's better to wait and know than guess and go. Thank you, young men, for writing down in your beautiful Cory journals. Appreciate that. So think about that statement here. There's no reason to rush into something if you really don't know. It's better to wait and know that it's God than guess and say, yeah, this is probably the peace of God because you're just excited and you want to move on with the rest of your life and go ahead and do something and make the wrong decision. Are y'all getting any help tonight or not? I don't know if you're here with me or not this evening. It's better to wait and to know that it's God than guess, and and I think I heard God, and I think I have peace about it, and just go ahead and make the wrong decision. I'd rather you wait about it. And how many know as young people, especially living in the culture we live in, which is a fast food, drive-through culture that wants everything immediately, it's hard for some of you guys to wait and really know it's God. But you need to because you can avoid a lot of mistakes if you wait to hear from God. Until you really know that it is God instead of, you know, I think it is. And guessing and going and making the wrong decision. Well, I'll move on to the next one since I got such a warm response on the past point. Last point. Number three. The inward voice. First Kings 19. The inward voice. First Kings nineteen. So number one, God will lead you or speak to you through his word. Number two, the inward witness. And number three, the inward voice. You two getting anything on the front row here? Good. 1 Kings 19 and verse 11. This is God speaking to Elijah. And it says, Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before God. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake was a fire... But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, notice, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? Notice that 
But the Lord was not in the wind, not in the earthquake, not in the fire, but the Lord was in the still small voice. Number one, God will speak to you through his word. Number two, he will speak to you through the inward witness. But number three, he will speak to you through the inward voice. And notice, he's speaking to Elijah here. And he said, I'm not in all these loud, boisterous things. Because, like I said earlier, we're looking for a sign in heaven, and God's speaking with a megaphone, but majority of the time, God is not going to do that. There is exceptions that God would do something like that, but majority of the time, God is not going to do that. Can I be honest with you? I've never heard God's audible voice. Okay? Because sometimes you could be... um, you could think because ministers like Dr. Frank, Pastor Jacob say they heard from God that they're hearing an audible voice, but they're not. You're thinking, well, man, God is talking to them all the time in an audible voice, and I've never heard God speak. I've never heard God speak in, in an audible voice where I could hear it with these ears, ever. Notice it's an inward voice. And that's what they're talking about because some of you are saying, well, I'm just not like them, and why does God speak to them like that? When they're speaking like that, they're not talking about a voice that you can hear out here on a megaphone or a sound system. They're talking about the inward voice. And why do they hear more than we hear? Because they've trained themselves to hear God's voice. They've practiced that for many, many years so they can hear God's voice clearly. That's why they hear God's voice more than some of us do. Because their ear is more trained to hear God's voice. So God will speak to you, number three, through the inward voice. And notice, the voice will come from your spirit. Now, it can come up into your mind, but it's not from your mind. And it's not, you're usually not going to hear it with your outside ears. I realize there are exceptions that God has done some wild stuff and appeared to people, and people heard audible voices. That's happened, okay? But that's not the everyday thing, okay? I even heard uh, Dr. Kenneth E. Hagin say today on, uh, on my iPod, he said, he said, even though he was a prophet and Jesus appeared to him several times, He said the last time Jesus appeared to him, he said that he was not going to lead him by signs and visions. He was going to lead him by the inward witness and the inward voice. Even though he was a prophet of God and Jesus could have appeared to him all the time, he said, I'm going to lead you the same way I lead everybody else. And just because men of God have experiences like that, on their day-to-day life, they're not having experiences like that. They're just being led by the Spirit and hearing God's voice notice through the Word, through the inward witness, and through the inward voice. Let's look at Isaiah 50. Isaiah 50. Well, you guys are blessing me tonight. I'm trying to give you some practical ways that you can hear God's voice. You're getting some help tonight. The inward voice. And we'll read it here in a second, but realize when God speaks to you, it's going to come from your spirit, not your head. And majority of time, when God speaks to me, is at nighttime. 
just to be honest, why does he speak to me usually when I'm going to sleep or waking up? Because there's no distractions, and I'm quiet, so then I can hear his voice. Like I said earlier, a lot of us, it's not that God's not speaking. We're just not positioning ourselves in a place for God to speak to us. And you guys have so much technology. I'm going to preaching. You have so much technology. You got the TV on. You got your iPod on. You got your iPad on. You got your iMac on. You got uh, sports going in the background. You got radio going in the background. And you're saying, God, speak to me. God's not going to speak over all that noise. You've got to position yourself to hear from him. And notice, predominant way that God will speak to you is when you're quiet. And there's no distractions. Why? So you can actually hear God's voice. Because why? The voice is not coming from out here. It's coming from in here. And you can only, majority of the time, the only time you can hear it is when you get quiet and settle your spirit. We talked about this a second ago, about waiting and knowing young people, I realize it can seem really hard for you to sit and be quiet for more than five minutes. I realize some of you, you can't handle it. And I couldn't handle it for a really long time either because I'm just one of those people. I got to have either the TV on or music blaring or, you know, something going on all the time. And you're wondering why you're not hearing from God because you're not getting quiet and putting yourself in a position to hear from God. I'm trying to help you guys if you're listening tonight. And I'm going I'm to say this. You need to get quiet long enough to hear from God. How many of you say, well, God, speak to me. I got like two minutes. Top. Go. I'm going to sit in this chair. God's usually not going to speak to you like that. Okay? He might because he's gracious and merciful, but God's not on a time limit. Like, God, you got two minutes, and then I'm going to turn the TV right back on if you don't say a word. No. That's not how God works. Remember, he's in charge. You're not, okay? You're not bossing him around. God, if you got anything to say, I got like a minute and a half now. You better hurry up and talk. No, that's not how it works. So, like I said earlier, it would be good to wait and know and take time to get quiet longer than a couple minutes so you can calm yourself enough that your spirit can hear God's voice. Why? Because he's speaking from the inside. God works from the inside out, not the outside in. He speaks to you on the inside. And my throwing this over your head, you guys listen tonight. And he will speak to you through the inward voice. And notice, God will always do that, especially at nighttime. Majority of time, I get sermons, I get ideas, I get other things that God is speaking to me about. It always happens when I'm going to sleep. Almost every time. And sometimes during the day, I'm not hearing all these things. But when I get quiet long enough to listen... God will speak. And notice it comes from the inward voice. Now, I realize it's from God's Spirit because all day I'm trying to think of stuff in my mind and getting nowhere. <laughs> and when God starts speaking to me, it all starts coming. And I realize it's coming from my spirit and not my mind. That's how I know it's from God. And I don't know about you, majority of the time is usually when I really need some sleep too. I was like, God, okay. When I can sleep in, talk to me all night. Go for it. But when I got to wake up early in the next morning, 
and that's usually when he has to speak to me. And sometimes it will be, I'll just be laying there for a couple hours listening to God speak to me. I get getting ideas. I could be getting sermons. I could be getting this and that direction for my life. And God's speaking to me. You notice, I can't just turn it on and turn it off whenever I want to. It's when he wants to speak. Because like I said, I would do it on a day I could sleep in. But usually he doesn't choose those days. You guys still here? So he will speak to you through the inward voice. Isaiah 50, 4 and 5. It says, and this is another verse that, that I've, I've found a couple years back, that you can confess over yourself, and it's about hearing God's voice, and I think it will help you. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, Notice that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Notice this. He awakens me morning by morning. Listen to this verse. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. That's why I said this would be a good verse for you to confess over your life if you want to hear God's voice. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened, notice, he's opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. You're saying, well, I'm not hearing God's voice? Start confessing and quoting and praying these scriptures that I've been giving you tonight. Notice that. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has, notice, opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. You know, you have spiritual ears, just like you have natural ears. You have spiritual eyes, just like you have natural eyes. And we realize in Ephesians, it talks about the eyes of your understanding of being enlightened. He's not talking about your natural eyes. He's talking about your spiritual eyes. In the same way that you have natural ears, you have spiritual ears. And I love this verse because it's talking about your spiritual ears. Notice it says, the Lord God has opened my ear. Not talking about your natural ear, if you can hear or not, but the Lord needs to open your spiritual ear that you can hear what he has to say. Because realize, everybody on the planet, their spiritual ears aren't open to hear what God is saying. That's why you have to desire to hear God's voice. Here's something to think about. If you are always looking for the spectacular, you will miss the supernatural. That verse we just read in 1 Kings, what was Elijah looking for? The spectacular. And so many Christians are like, God, speak to me spectacular. I want a megaphone. I want you to put a billboard up on the side of the, the road saying this is what I should do. God doesn't work like that. And because you're looking for the spectacular, you miss the supernatural because God is trying to speak to you through the inward voice. And how many know the inward voice, God speaking to you, is a supernatural experience? Everybody on the planet doesn't have the Spirit of God living in them, talking to them. That's supernatural. And we overlook it, and we're just like, well, I don't want that. I don't want the inward witness. I don't want the inward voice. I want something big and loud and boisterous and spectacular, and you're missing the supernatural. And if you're going to be like that, you're never going to really hear clear from God because he doesn't work like that. How I many know majority of the time, 
He doesn't work like that because it requires no faith if you're going to get a big billboard on the side of the road. (laughs) It requires no faith. It requires faith to trust the inward witness and the inward voice that God's speaking to you. If he was shouting at you with a megaphone, it would require no faith. (laughs) And God's a God of faith. He's a God of trust. Here's a side note to think about. If God's not talking to you, maybe you didn't do the last thing he told you to do. Did I just say that? I think I said that on Thursday night. If God's not talking to you anymore, maybe it's because you didn't do the last thing he told you to do. Are you here in the house of God tonight? I realize there's a smaller group tonight. You guys are very quiet tonight. I I, I understand that. But if he hasn't talked to you recently, (laughs) maybe it's because you haven't done the last thing he told you to do. Go back to the last thing he told you to do and do it, and maybe he would start speaking again. Here's something fun to think about. I'm going to have a a fun night whether you guys do or not in here. But here's something fun to think about. If you didn't do the last thing that God said to do, why would he tell you something else so you couldn't do it? (laughs) Hello, somebody. Just in the natural, if you told somebody to do something and they didn't do it, why would you keep talking to that person telling them to do more things if they didn't do the first thing you told them to do? That's the same way with God. And he loves you and he's merciful. But if you're not listening the first time, he's not going to keep telling you more stuff. You're just going to sit around and not do. He speaks to people that are going to do what he says to do and going to be obedient and be in faith with what he tells them to do. And how many know the more you obey God, the more you listen to his voice and obey what he says, he'll say more. The more you have faith in what he says and you step out on what he says, he'll speak to you more and give you more knowledge and revelation on your life and the choices you need to make. I'm trying. (laughs) So realize, number one, God will speak to you through the word, through the inward witness, through the inward voice. 